You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen, Mission family. How are you? Good. I didn't even have to pull that out of you guys. That was awesome. I didn't even have to do the thing like, oh, no, like, hey, where are you guys? Come on, are you here? Like, I feel like that's my standard, uh, standard joke. But you guys came in ready this morning. Guess what? I, I didn't come in ready this morning. Um, have you ever put your trust in something or someone that proved to be a mistake? Anybody besides me? Yeah, yeah. Like, trust is a very delicate thing, right? And, and when you put your trust in something and, 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 or someone, you, you know, you hope for the best. And sometimes those things let you down. And, and for me this week, I put my trust in my calendar, and my calendar let me down. But here's the thing is really I control my calendar, so it's really I let myself down, but I'm going to say my calendar let me down. So I almost, call, I almost uh, texted Brian Bell this week like, hey, I hope, you're, um, I hope you're feeling good about preaching this Sunday, like really excited to hear you share about the Psalms this morning. Thanks for doing that. And about Friday... And then I was like, Brian's responsible. He doesn't need a reminder. So I just didn't text him or whatever. And um, I should have texted myself because it was actually my weekend to preach this morning. And I figured it out around Friday. So, um, so trust is a fragile thing. Like, you know, like technology sometimes... Uh, have you ever been, some of you may have been doing a presentation and your whole presentation relied on this technology working and then the technology doesn't work, right? And then it's like, you know, a bummer, right? And, and it lets you down. And, and um, you know, maybe you've put your, maybe you put your trust in someone, right? Like, for instance, uh, I had this memory this morning, um, when I was a teenager, my best friend, Mike Baisden, um, and his family took me to West Virginia with them, and they took me whitewater rafting. Who's ever been whitewater rafting, right? Um, who, who, who came back alive? Raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? Barely. Yeah, so West Virginia has some serious rapids, and, uh, and I think it's like it's like class five or class six or something like that. I, I could be making that up, but it's pretty, pretty intense rapids. And, and, uh, and so we went, we stayed the night, and like we went early in the morning. And I remember starting to feel a little nervous when they started to walk us through the safety spiel. Like, you know, like if you, you know, don't, you know, if you get, fall in the water, it's no big deal. Just like go, go straight, put your feet out in front of you. So if you smash into a rock, you don't die. Like that's basically like the safety spiel, right? And, um, and uh, like, so I remember feeling like, okay, all right, like uh, feeling nervous. And then we, then we got into the raft and I made sure that my life vest was it was a little extra tight and just like on there real good, you know? And, and uh, I remember 
once we got into the raft and started doing some of the like class one, class two rapids, like, like I started to relax, right? Like I was just like, yeah, this is, this is cool. Um, and I started to just feel better about it. The raft guide seemed trustworthy, right? He seemed trustworthy. And uh, so, I, so I just, he seemed like he knew what he was doing. So I just relaxed a little and was like, oh, this isn't going to be any big deal. And then, and then uh, later on in life, I became really close friends with a raft guide and realized they are not trustworthy at all. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But, um, but yeah, so, I, so we get to this point in the raft, in the, in the rapids, uh, where we're approaching a pretty high number rapid. I'm going to say five. I don't know if that's a real thing, but five, rapid five. And um, it was like one of the high, it was like the highest one that we had tackled that day at that point. And uh, the raft guide was like, uh, so I need a volunteer for this one. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And so like, I, I look over and my hand is up and I'm like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing? You know, like get, get down. And then he chose me, right? And so I'm like, oh man, what did I do? What did I do? And he goes, okay, well, we're going to go through this, this class five rapid, and, uh, and we're going to do this thing called bull riding. And so it's where one person, the volunteer, sits on the front of the raft with their feet hanging over, and everybody else sits in rows from the back of the raft. And we're going to go through this class five rapid like this. And I'm just like, what? No, I don't trust you that much. Like, and so, you know, I, but being a teenager at that time, I was like, oh, it's, it's cool, guys. Like, I'll do it. Like, no big deal, you know? Like, I was trying to play cool or whatever. And so I, I got on the front of this boat. We go into the rapids. Everybody's rowing. And they, and like, we hit this one complicated area, right? And they smash me into the side wall rocks, right? And I didn't get hurt or anything. I got scraped up or whatever, but, but the boat like take, takes a turn and just goes like, with me on the front, just goes like, right into the sidewall. And, uh, you know, I fell off and, and everything was fine. But man, like all of a sudden my trust in, in the raft guide, like it went from, this guy knows what he's doing. He, he like, you know, he seems trustworthy, right? Like I, I, uh, I can trust him. And to like, bro, I'm gonna kill you. Like, like, how dare you smack? I'm a teenager, man. Was the lawsuit. Think of that. Like, you know, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. But, um, but yeah. So like, trust is a fragile thing. It's easily, it's easily broken. And what we put our trust in. Here's the big takeaway today. I'm just gonna hit it, hit you with it up front, and I want you to ponder it the whole time we're talking right now. What you trust, you will become like. That's, that's, that's the big aha moment today. I'm going to give it to you before we even hit the scripture. What you trust, you will become like. Um, and so today, we're in a, we're in a series that we're going to um, stay in for a couple more weeks, then we're going to take a break from it, and then we're going to come back to it later in, in the year. But it's called Exploring the Psalms. And the Psalms are, it, it, I mean, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible because not only do I love music, and these are, a lot of them are meant to be sung, you know, originally, um, they're, they're, they're poetry, they're personal, they're, they're like people, listening in on people's prayers in some ways. Because 
There are lots of contradictory statements in the Psalms. Have you ever noticed that? Like when I pray, sometimes I'm praying about something and then I start to doubt that thing. And then I'm like, no, soul, you know, trust in God, you know, or or, anybody have that kind of prayer times where you're like, you're like uh, worried about something, you pray about it and you feel better and then you start to worry about it again. And it's all like kind of imagine singing that like trust in God, soul. Don't be worried. Just going to leave it there like that. Um, all right. So, uh, so we're in this series. Today we're going to tackle Psalm 15. We're going to read it from the NIV. This is one of my all-time favorite psalms in the whole book of psalms. Um, and I think you'll discover why as we go along. But let's, for now, let's just jump into it. Let's just jump into it right now. So, Psalm 115. Actually, I want to pray first. Sorry, I should just pause and pray. Father, as we dive into your word now, Lord, I pray that you would be ever-present. Lord, that you would speak, your Holy Spirit would be present. Lord, that your words would, would pierce the hardness of our hearts. Um, I pray that your words would not only pierce, but they would bring life, Lord, that they would bring hope, that they would bring revelation. Um, Lord, I I don't want to say anything or do anything that's outside of your character, Lord, and you know I'm shooting from the hip this morning, so I pray an extra covering of protection this morning over my mouth. And uh, Lord, we love you. We give you all the highest praise this morning, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, Psalm 115, NIV. Um, Verse 1, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and faithfulness, why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases him, but their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. For who fear him, trust for, for you who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Such a beautiful psalm. The, the psalm opens with one of my favorite single verses of the entire Bible. I, 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 I'm not even exaggerating. Like I come back to this verse 1 all the time. And this psalm opens with the, with, with the verse, uh, Not to us, Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and your faithfulness. It's so good. I just, I, I love it. And, and I'm far from the only person who has identified and, and adopted that verse as one of their life verses. Uh, various leaders have cited this verse uh, at pivotal points of history. But one of my favorites involves the resilient William Wilberforce. Who knows who William Wilberforce is, anybody? I know Elena does. Um, the famous Wil Wilbur... We got a picture, James? Go for it, dude. He's a good-looking dude. Um, um, Wilbur, uh, William Wilberforce, uh, this famous British statesman, he fought to abolish slavery for 46 years. 46 years. Wilberforce also loved the Psalms, and he was known for qu quoting and reciting Psalm 119 by heart, uh, and he also loved Psalm 115, which is the one we're, we're, we're going after today. And after Parliament finally passed a bill to abolish the slave trade, um, this little 5'3 warrior, where are my short people at? Right? Yeah, right, right. This little 5'3 warrior went home to meditate on Psalm 115, verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory for your loving kindness and your faithfulness. What an appropriate response to such a major victory, right? Like you, like if, if I were him, like we'd be popping bottles or something. But like, um, but like this guy Wilberforce goes home, and, and he retreats to the scriptures and internally and externally reflects all glory that's being placed on him to God. Not to me, O oh Lord. Not to me, but to your name be the glory. And I love that about his example, because so many times when we get a victory or, or something like that, like we can take a deep breath and, and, and be like, oh, that's finally over, rather than like thanking God for the victory and giving him glory and, and, and turning the glory to him. Um, personally, this verse one, like I I probably could do a whole sermon on, the, on this one verse, but I won't. Um, personally, this opening line affected me so deeply when I first heard it um, that I have tried to adopt it almost as a position of the heart that I live from daily, just like laying any kind of ego down, laying any kind of, um, you know, like in a, uh, just like any kind of, Thing that I can redirect back to God, you know, like I, that's, that's what I want to do. That's the way I want to live my life. I don't want glory for myself. I want glory for God. And uh, I've tried to adopt this as just like a position of the heart 
that I live from. And the first time I heard the, this, uh, the line of this psalm, it was ac- I, w- I wasn't actually reading the psalm. Uh, I heard it in a worship song first. Uh, there, was, there was like uh, this, I guess he's still around, this guy named Chris Tomlin, um, who's like the... He's around? Okay, does he still have like uh, frosted tips? Because he used to back, back in the day. But um, Chris Tomlin had this song called Not To Us, right? Not To Us. And, and that was the first time, and the first line of the song is that verse one of this song. And I heard that song and I was like, yes, that is a healthy attitude of worship. That is a response to God. And, and so like, Chris being the, the OG praise and worship guy for, for basically my generation, you know. I had frosted tips at one time too. No shame, Chris. But, um, but uh, I, I mean, this, this song, even to this day, even though, you know, musically it's kind of dated, like it still means so much to me because it's just this perfect attitude of worship. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. William Wilberforce, when he chose to meditate on this psalm after the massive victory of abolishing slavery, um, it's, it, he, he, he was celebrating this victory by redirecting the glory from himself to God and meditating on this line. But, some, but uh, if you read this scripture all the way through, which we did earlier, it, it doesn't fully seem like the author who's writing this psalm has experienced victory yet. He says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And then verse 2 says this. It, it seems like very much like the author is still in the fight. Who's in the fight right now? Like, I'm in the fight right now. Um, the, the author of this psalm is still in the fight. Why do the nations say, verse 2, where is their God? Our God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. Next time somebody says, oh, where's God now? You say, oh, he's in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Like, no, don't do that. But um, <laughs> uh, don't take that advice. Um, but this person is very much still in the fight. They are waiting on God, but they are attributing the victory to God before they have seen the victory with their own eyes. Verse 4 says this, their idols, now this is the author talking about the people accusing God uh, of being distant or far off. Um, verse 4 says this, but their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. And this is the nail right here. This is the thing that hammers this whole example home right here. Verse 8, those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them, right? Now, this, this example of Scripture is talking about like a physical idol that people used to worship and make with their own hands, but you know what? There are plenty of other man-made idols that we didn't personally make with our own hands that we put our trust in. 
Anybody know that to be true? Um, what we put our trust in reflects in many ways something that we may not care to admit. Because what we trust, we will become like. So, what or who are you putting your trust in? What or who are you becoming like, right? Can, can somebody tell me something? Andy, does this mic work? Check. Yeah, it works. Uh, can somebody tell me something, we, some, something or someone that we put our trust in? An example. What was the example, sir? Uh, money. Money. What's another example? Some people around here put their trust in the Dodgers. Okay. Okay. No judgment there. No judgment. Reputation. Yes. Reputation, influence. One more. Somebody. All the way in the back, Danielle. Emotions. Emotions. That is such a good one. Oh, my gosh. That one was, was, was so good. Now, let's talk about the first example, money, right? What happens when we put our trust in money? It goes away, right. It goes away. We put our trust in money. You put your trust in money. That's one way to guarantee you will never have enough money. I promise you. You put all your trust in your bank account, and your bank account will never, ever be full enough, right? Um, what do they refer to uh, money as sometimes? Cold, hard cash, right? Does that sound like something you want to become like? Cold and hard, right? Putting your trust in money is the perfect way to make sure you never have enough of it because money always leaves you wanting more. I think personally it's the same way with influence. Influence like when you are um, personally, uh, and, and no shame on anybody, social media is like a big thing in our culture or whatever, but like when you're actively promoting yourself for your own gain, like there's a difference between promote like sharing a, a picture of my dog every once in a while. My dog's pretty much the cutest thing ever, so I know everybody loves to see him. Otis, I know you're watching at home, bud. <laughs> see you soon. Um, but, um, but like there's a difference between like sharing and then actively gaining influence, right? Like actively seeking out influence, you know, for yourself, right? Like paying for followers or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like I believe that if you seek out influence for influences, for, for, for personal influence over others, there will never be enough influence. And I think we've seen enough dictators in the world to know that that's true, right? So there are all kinds of things like that will always leave you hanging. One of the, I mean, Danielle hit on a major one, emotions, right? Like, like 
uh, I've been really open with the fact that I, I wrestle um, daily with anxiety and, and depression, and uh, I'm on some medication for it, and, and I'm fighting it and, and everything like that. But the thing I've discovered more than anything is I can't trust my emotions. My emotions lie to me constantly. Now, there's, there's something that's to be said for now um, if, if you're in danger or you're being abused. Like, that is a whole different thing. But when I am down in the dumps about whatever um, and, like, uh, wh- whatever my trigger is that day, you know, um, my, I have to recognize, and part of recognizing is, 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 is calling out my own soul, which we talked about a few weeks ago and saying, why are you in despair, oh my soul? Like calling out your soul. Put your hope in God. Put your trust in the Lord. Um, and and, and actual, actively standing up and doing an about face. Like and, and recognizing it. Uh, and for me, I have to recognize it out loud. If I don't say it out loud, it, it's too easy just to set aside. But Danielle, that was a beautiful illustration. Thank you for saying that. Emotions are something that we cannot put our trust in because they will lie to us, right? Um, the, the author of this psalm is illustrating all these different types of idols in compared to our God, right? Their, their throats can't even utter a sound. But our God speaks creation. Right? Our God speaks life, right? It's through the word, right? And, and the word of God, right? The word of God is something we can put our trust in. And man, I'm totally off the rails right now, guys. So verses 9 of this psalm through the end are just a, an encouragement and a blessing. And I just want to read this encouragement over you right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, but I'm actually praying this over each, and each one of you. So if you would um, just, just bow your heads right now. I just want to pray this encouragement and this blessing over you. All you Israelites, all you Mission Redlands people, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear him, trust in in him. He is your help and your shield. The Lord will remember you and will bless you. He will bless you, his people. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. I love that distinction because it includes short people, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish 
both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore praise the Lord. Amen. So I don't know what you're going through right now. I'm going to invite the worship team back. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know if you're in the middle of a fight like this author of this psalm is. But here's what I want. I, I, want, you to rec- I want you to think about a few things. Is there anything in your life that has the power over you that you are becoming more and more like that thing or that person? Is there anything in your life that ha- where your p- trust is misplaced and the trust should actually be on God? Because what we put our trust in, we will become like. The other thing is, where are there areas in your life that God is working that we are tempted to just consume the, the praise? Tempted to consume uh, credit, tempted to consume the glory. Where can we, when when culture or society wants to put, wants to credit us, wants to give glory, just like William Wilbertson? Like, when do we say, when, when is there an opportunity in our life to say, not, not, not to me, not to me, not to us, but to your name be the glory, Lord. You know, when we see the victory with our own eyes, will we be tempted to consume it or will we, be temp- will we redirect it? Hmm. Let's pray. Father God, you are trustworthy. You are so trustworthy. Trust, as we have talked about, is such a fragile thing, Lord, but yet you are faithful, and yet you remain unchanged. Your promises, Lord, 
Your promises in my life are yes and amen, Lord. I can put all my trust in you. Lord, and when something gains a foothold in my heart or in my mind or in my, uh, in my spirit, Lord, whether it be emotions or influence or money, Lord, God, remind me those things are fleeting and completely unworthy of my trust. Lord, I don't want to become cold and hard and all about the numbers, Lord. Because that's not like you. I want to be like you. I want to love well. I want to build my neighbor up. Father, I want to exemplify your character, and I know that it's a process. But Lord, we as a family here, Lord, we say, we say no to the temptation to steal your glory. We say no to the temptation to taking credit. Father, for it was you that spoke the earth into being. It was your words that gave us light and darkness. And your son, Jesus, whom you call the word, who wiped away all of our sins and shame, befriended us and saved us, and entered into our own pain, so that may, we may be in relationship with you, unveiled. Jesus, put a desire in our heart to be more like you. It's in the name of Jesus, that beautiful name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.